0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Brownie Point's Guide to Cinema's Star Wars Film Series Recap. I'm Dan. I'm Nick. And in these exclusive bonus episodes, we are recapping every single live-action Star Wars film in the lead-up to Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Nick, which film are we recapping this week?
1: We're ending the original trilogy with Star Wars Episode 6 The Return of the Jedi. It's a trap! It's a crap.
0: All right, everybody, welcome to the show. As we said in the intro, we have made it to the end of the original trilogy, Episode 6. Return of the Jedi this film was directed by Richard Marquand and written by Lawrence Caston and George Lucas it brings back of course all of the familiar faces Mark Hamill Harrison Ford Carrie Fisher Billy Dee Williams Anthony Jan- Daniels uh, Peter Mayhew uh, Ian McDermott uh, Frank Oz and James Earl Jones and even Alec Guinness gets a little bit of a cameo <clears throat> excuse me Um, And, of course, Kenny Baker is our d 2 as well. Uh, So, in this film, we finally get the conclusion. We meet the Emperor. We see the fall of the Empire. We get a lot of closure with all the storylines from the previous two films. And, uh, I mean, Nick, I'll just open the floor to you. Um, I want to hear your thoughts on this before I give mine. Um, Because, again these have been more dear to your heart than me. This goes for every Star Wars film. (laughs) Um,
1: Yes, these movies have been more dear to my heart than you.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, uh... No, no, I
1: mean, than you, personally.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's gonna be be on Dan's Tombstone. It just says Nick cared more about Star Wars than this person. They're like, wow, that's rude. I've already accepted this. It's it's okay. I forgive you.
0: Um, and I understand. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what's it like for you? I, I, we don't, I mean, if you want to talk about the first time you saw this, um, uh, I mean, I have a story about the first time I saw it too, but, uh, well, I mean, if, I mean, if you want to talk about time? well, I mean, if you want to talk about that, you can, but I mean, a, a reappraisal for right now too. um, I mean, it's up to you if you want to do the I comparison. Don't, I don't
1: really remember the first time I saw this other than riding out on my dad's shoulders, like sitting on his shoulders walking out of the movie theater and like pretending he was the two-legged walker's uh, legs and I was the I was the head and uh, pretending to shoot lasers around. But other than that, wait, I don't wait, really whoa. remember. In th-
0: hold on, in theaters? Hold on, we weren't alive no, in no, 83. No, no, we were leaving. We weren't alive in 83, though. That's what I'm confused about.
1: Yeah, when the special editions came out.
0: Oh, you saw them in theaters.
1: Yeah, because my parents loved me. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sorry, I had to wait to see them on DVD.
1: <laughs> you didn't see this until this was on DVD?
0: No, well, not DVD. I'll, fi- I'll let oh, you finish. Oh, I
1: was going to say, I was like, holy crap, dude.
0: No, I no, I texted you off mic, but no, I'll let you finish your story, and then I can tell you when I saw this one, because this is actually the one film that I have the most clear memory of seeing, like, the first time, quote-unquote, technically.
1: The, well, the thing that's funny is you talk about, like, this is the one you remember the most. This actually was probably, out of all the ones we've watched so far, the most interesting rewatch. Because i I have a really weird relationship with episode four in that I really like it, but for years I've always been like, look, I get it's good and everything, but I feel like maybe it's a little overloved. And watching this one, I mean, it, a lot of it is so much a redo of the first one uh, that uh, watching it this time, I was like, okay, this is like A New Hope except kind of goofier. Um, and it's not like – like I, this to me is when you can kind of see the seeds get planted of – what's gonna happen in the prequel trilogy where it's like okay george went too far with the these one things but like in this movie you kind of see like okay this is when he started kind of testing like obviously ewoks let's go kid friendly but also like it just seems jokier like uh c-3po just seems more like there for a joke than anything else in this movie um i really like it uh and i will say this i like it better than uh a new hope but it's just because this this one really feels like there is no downtime it feels like something is constantly happening in this movie whereas like we said in our new hope review it feels like for close to 45 minutes nothing's happening in the movie other than like just staying in this one place and like dumping exposition um, I give this one uh, sprinkles, so I gave the uh, entire tri- uh, original trilogy sprinkles.
0: Wait, did you? I thought. Oh uh, no, yeah, you were. Sorry,
1: you still. Yeah, gave, I you... gave. I gave. Um, uh, a New Hope. I gave it like a really weak sprinkles, like the weakest sprinkles I think I've ever gave a movie.
0: Right. Um, right.
1: But. Uh, yeah, because I almost brought back the single pan, or I'm or, sorry, the three quarter pan.
0: Oh, right, right, one. okay, yeah, yeah. Um, so okay, that was that was the only thing I was confused about. But uh, yeah, I, uh, I'll start with saying my first time seeing this was, um, uh, when I was super young, uh, my mom would have to take me into her office instead of just kind of leaving me at home because. My sister and I were like kind of too crazy young for that. But at the time, my dad had VHS copies of uh, the original trilogy and um, the office my mom worked at had a conference room and uh, she was able to pull some strings and get a TV in there so I could just watch videos from my dad's movie collection. And like I said, the original trilogy was part of it. And I know I watched all three of the films but for some reason like since taping episode 5 last week um and since watching episode 6 in the meantime i really don't remember watching the other films as vividly as much as i remember this one like i
1: remember i remember this like for a while this actually was my favorite star wars movie and then i got older and it became empire But I remember this movie the most out of any of them, out of the original trilogy. And one thing I will point out when. Because I saw this movie before my uh, grandpa on my mom's side died when I was a a little kid. But for like a couple years, I actually had a really hard time watching this movie because uh, Darth Vader died. And I just like. I was like, he lost his dad, and I was like, I lost my grandpa. I'm sad. And I would like cry every time I saw the end of the movie. So, oh, yeah, man. I had a really weird emotional connection to the end of this movie that doesn't make sense to me anymore. But um, yeah, this this is one that like I I I really remember like the speeder the speeder bike chase scene. I remember the Jabba's barge scene. I remember uh the different point of view scene i like i remember watching this one a bunch but i feel like i never really watched a new hope but i and i always like had like a dark horse liking of empire and then i realized empire actually is like a really good movie when i got older um but yeah this one this one is like the most vivid remembrance movie
0: yeah um I'll agree there. I guess my kind of hot take over overall of this film, giving it this uh, this rewatch again, as I always say. Since we started this, it probably had been years since I'd seen any of these movies because <laughs> I don't rewatch them on a regular basis. Because um, <laughs> um, you're outside. <laughs> I, in watching this one, I really, I was really blown away at just. The sheer spectacle of it—it, it, uh, it really, it really did a great job at really honing in on like making every single resolution like as either emotionally big or as purely scale big. And what I mean by scale is just like every set piece was bigger than the last. Like uh, we started this film with literally. a a raid on Jabba's hut, and then we go to the Ewok planet. With one
1: of the most strangely intricate plans I've ever seen.
0: Right. I mean, we can break that down in a second, but like, uh, and then the uh, the star, the Death Star uh, is coming back, and it can still destroy things, and everything about this movie was just like, big set piece, big set piece, big set piece, and if it wasn't, it was some exposition about um closing up this storyline or close, closing up this storyline and well it's admirable that like yes when you think about it it's all just kind of bow tying that's also kind of a the only problem i have with this film and the only thing i would knock it behind empire and i truth be told i only barely put this behind empire like i think in the slimmest of margins I would maybe barely put Rogue one above this, but it's splitting hairs really between like an a and like an A plus if we did if we did letters like um again the what I'm trying to say is that like there's not really um I don't know the narrative structure of this film kind of is all conclusions, which I mean again it's it's kind of a detriment in its own existence where it's only focus is like finishing off everything. Like for some reason it came off kind of, it does stand on its own merits. Like it does have a little bit of emotional arc for Luke, but for everybody else, it's kind of just all, everybody just kind of hit pause and it's so reliant on, it's a little too reliant on just being a conclusion to everything else. Like, um there's nothing uh, outside of luke and yeah darth vader having their own their b story everything else is just kind of like i mean i don't know if i'm getting the point that clear across am i am i getting kind of through to you (laughs) am i getting through to you You, nick
1: (laughs) you were until you said it paused everything for everybody so I felt like I got a pretty good conclusion to the Han and Leia storyline. Well, no, that's uh, I got a really I got a really good conclusion to the Emperor storyline because he dies. Um, well, no, that's what I'm saying is that everything is so focused on a conclusion. It's that it's there's nothing like
0: that isolated. Like I don't. That's I mean I don't know. Argue with me if it's kind of unfair to hold that against this movie, but like
1: I, I don't think it's unfair because this is very much a movie that you need to see the other movies to really get
0: exactly and like that's
1: it doesn't it doesn't stand by itself very well
0: (laughs) see what i'm getting at is that like a new hope is like we're brought in and it's a whole new thing and we have a start middle and end even though it sets up something for the new film with episode five there's a bit of a time gap and there is still like in its own isolated journey a beginning a middle and the end this one is just straight up like we're kind of getting over the middle and then here's the ending
1: one thing about uh, this movie too, compared to the original trilogy, uh, the original trilogy I mean clearly took place over like a decade because of the time difference between Attack of the Clones and Phantom Menace. But you know that movie like it it felt like years passed in between it. It felt like ten years between Attack of the Clones and Phantom Menace and then like another five years between uh, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. This entire like story, like original trilogy, feels like it happens in the span of three months. Right. That's something I noticed. That's something I noticed <laughs> like, too. Like I like, kind of dude. I, would, like when this movie starts, I'm like, has it been a week since Empire? Yeah. How no, long has it been? Because it can't be all that long.
0: The biggest time gap, really narratively, is between, um, God. It may just be. be- I mean, if you don't want to count the prequel films it is between episode 3 and 4 and then besides that it would be solo to 4 like these three isolated films yeah like you said i wouldn't even say it's 3 months like i would like, be surprised if it took place over the span of like a month really
1: no nah, i mean if it, it felt like a a decent sized gap between empire and well not decent but it felt like a ga- there was a there was a sizable amount of time between a New Hope in Empire where, you know, the rebels have run away enough that they've found a base, they've established a base. They've, you know, they're they're comfortable in what they're doing. So I would say it's been like, you know, maybe two to three months at that point. But between Empire and this movie, like Boba Fett's just hanging out at Jabba's Palace, like, yeah, it doesn't really make sense why he's hanging out, but the exact same time, that can't be a lot of a lot of time because he's a bounty hunter, he's got money to make Oh yeah, it's uh, easy,
0: it's easily been less than a week. Like it yeah, may have been like, like a it, couple
1: days. Yeah. Um. Speak, speaking of uh Boba Fett, something funny is: Have you ever seen a picture of the guy that played Boba Fett without the helmet on? Um.
0: Not Boba. I've seen Django. I mean, I uh, obviously yeah. we've seen Django's face. I don't think the I've guy, seen. I don't guy, think I've seen. The guy Bobas. that played
1: the that played Boba. There's vid- There's pictures of him. Pictures of him on set. Uh. Total nerd. Um. So the scene where he, like, is flirting and charming with the alien girls, I always find it funny when he walks away. I'm like, you're the biggest nerd on the planet, man.
0: What, does he look like Rick Moranis or something?
1: Like, This is going to sound really bad, but, like, you know, like the stereotypical, like, engineer from the 90s? Uh, so... We lived in Columbus. You have to know this look.
0: Yes, I get what you're saying. I'm trying to make a movie okay. connection. Are you saying he looks like one of the nerds from,
1: uh, from Revenge of the Nerds? No, but you know you know that image in your head? Put the biggest, thickest, mus- like, standard mustache you can on that guy. That's what he looks like.
0: Oh, I think I get what you're trying to say. Um, like, I'm trying to Google a not picture. Not a ladies' man at all. That's really funny. Maybe that's why the Mandalorian always have to keep their helmets on. Yeah. Um. <laughs>
1: why do you have to keep your helmet on is it some sort of discipline no it's because i'm a nerd
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh my god shout it (laughs) not to make another rick and morty reference but remember the uh the mad max episode where that mad max character takes off his helmet and he's got a thick mustache and summer's just like oh and he's like what you don't like it no 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 it's not that it's and then he goes on a whole tirade about his mustache like <laughs> yeah.
1: I was watching uh, The Simpsons on Disney Plus earlier. And I, I, I just watched Homer goes to college when he pulls up.
0: Nerd!
1: I, by the way, I want to throw that out there before I
0: finish my hot take. Uh, this was the first film that I watched on Disney Plus, and I'm going to watch the next two films on Disney Plus. Just
1: did Disney Plus keep in the Vader? No, in this movie
0: oh yes they did they kept the special edition
1: exactly the same um look i i really am not one of those people that would like complain about the alteration be like it ruins the movie it destroys the movie like but this is the one like special edition like edit or cut or whatever i really feel like destroys the scene
0: Oh, I got one. God, it's so bad. Oh, I'm going to contest one scene real quick. Uh before or well after I finish my hot take, like uh like I was saying, I think I don't I, I don't like that it's weird. I have that inner conflict of like, okay, you're trying to conclude everything, but you're not being your own kind of isolated singular story, but I I get it, but at the same time it still kind of bugs me a little bit, but aside from that kind of, I guess, minor gripe compared to how much I do kind of love everything else. Like yes. Conclusions that we get after all the years and the two films, like all building up to this. Yes. I can't lie and say that I wasn't satisfied with, uh, the way that Luke and Vader have their confrontation, the way that Luke and Leia or uh, the way that, uh, Solo and Leia have their end, uh, the way that just, uh, all the set pieces are just easily the most spectacular, um, I know I said how much I loved episode fives like action. I think episode six stepped it up even more. Um, so in terms of action, yes, I like six more. But in terms of just like virtually everything else, I still think episode five is better and is still the best Star Wars film. Um, they both are going to get sprinkles for me as well. Episode six is getting sprinkles. But like Nick said, episode five is still the best film and it's still the best film of the of the whole saga so far um again we're not doing the list yet that's gonna be in three weeks but uh <laughs> uh but right now episode five is still on top for me even though episode six is still an overall really 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 good film um so the uh, the one scene i want to contend that actually ticked me off way more than vader uh getting the no digitally added into it um i cannot stand for the life of me, that stupid CGI band in Java's palace, I don't understand how that doesn't bother you as much as it bothers me because it looks so – not only does it ha-
1: – or I mean it does. It has an Don't get me wrong. A- that, that's, that that edition's dumb, but man like – It hasn't aged. That- I, I just – well, okay. I, I think what it is is I, I remember the special edition VHSs uh, and DVDs not having that no in there and then like i remember the gravity of the scene and i remember how well it worked and i remember the emotional kind of like you know the expressionless look on his face but you can still figure out what's going on in his head and then i got the blu-ray in college i remember getting the blu-ray and then watching it with uh uh my friend justin we're sitting there like doing homework and we're watching it in in my dorm room and that happened, and we both just like stopped and stared at the TV and went, "Why did you ruin such a perfect scene?"
0: Is it because so it sounded I th- like that? I
1: think it's. I think the reason it bothers me so much more is because I I once had the better version of this scene. I have to I have to watch this because I mean I don't. To me,
0: I the only thing that bothers me about it is that. It is sound. It sounds
1: like it, they just copy pasted the no from Dude, episode the AD, three. The, yeah, they ADR it like crap. Like it. The not even audio ADR levels make like, no sense. It. I mean, if you want to call
0: it ADR, I mean that sounds kind of generous. It. Because it, it, it. just sounded like they copy pasted the no from
1: episode three, which
0: I can understand some kind of no, anger they didn't from how. because
1: he he quietly says no the first time. He's like no. No.
0: where he's coming from though if i may defend it for a second
1: i kind of get it but dude i don't it it works and it's powerful because he says nothing i i have to watch it you made it was made to be over the top and cliched by having that line put in there
0: i but see the fact that george did it retroactively like that means that george wanted the wanted it there after the fact and personally felt like it was more powerful that way. Like I, well, George has been wrong about so many things. I didn't find that as egregious as you did. Like the fact that it was the Hayden no was more bothersome to me than like if they had James Earl Jones in 83 actually record himself doing a potentially better. That's probably
1: because James Earl Jones had enough self-respect back then that when it was probably approached about it, he was probably like up yours. I'm not doing that.
0: But I, I don't know. I don't dislike that as much as you. Like I, I, I again am way more bothered at how horrendous that I, band looked. What's
1: What's funny is like going back to when we were talking about like Attack of the Clones and Phantom Menace. When I put those Blu-rays in, like I, I, I side with fine. Here we go. And this one I have like I, I, I noticed when I put it in, I was like. I was like, oh sweet, Return of the Jedi. It's got that scene. Like I, I have a slight hesitation comparable to those two movies. I'm serious, man. For me personally, it just, it kills that scene. It just, it just, you know, just it picks it up by its hair. It puts a It puts a pistol in its in the in its mouth and it just shoots it. It's so bad.
0: I I still I still think the scene works enough. Like without the no, sure would be better, but I don't think I I'm not. Well, that.
1: the the other thing too, and I, I noticed it this time around. I think it's the first time I ever noticed it, and it might have been because it was like the first time I critically thought about the movie. But uh, in this movie, I really picked, or this time viewing, I really picked up the inner conflict that Vader has. So maybe. Maybe that's another reason I hate that scene, too, is because, like, so, so much of it is not said by the character. And then the scene is just like, we're going to make a blanket statement. So, you know, that Darth Vader is not happy with the Emperor.
0: Well, there's hold on. There's a whole lot that I completely forgot. Like, I didn't re- I didn't remember that there was so much exposition between Luke and Vader just in general, like Luke, just it's it, it, there's nothing like subtle about it. It's just straight up like, okay, Dad, I know there's good in you. You don't have to be evil, son. It is way too late for me. I've gone to the dark side, and I know you well, can that, reach your that full potential that there. Scene...
1: That scene uh, when Luke turns himself in and, like, Vader starts talking to him. And I love when Luke just, like, he's like, cut the crap, dude. Like, I, I, I really know this about this. And then I just love how Vader's like, dude, it, it's just too late. Like, <laughs> he's he's not even trying to convince him anymore. He's like, look, man, I can't go back at this point. I'm stuck in the robot suit. My wife is dead. You're 28. I like It's, it's too much has gone wrong.
0: Do you think that was the actual first crack in his metaphorical armor? Like is the do you think that he actually like meant it that way and he already was connecting with him that early?
1: Uh I think it's one of the first cracks.
0: Maybe the first crack was actually like when I, he personally,
1: I think I think the first crack was uh maybe not the i am your father thing but like in in em in empire when vader like after that and the millennium falcon's flying away and vader just is like luke i like on the star destroyer and then uh luke is like about to pass out but he's still telepathically speaking to vader i think that is the first crack in the armor um i think the conversation uh with Luke and Return of the Jedi, where he's like, it's it's too late for me. I think that is the crack that if it was a dam, the uh the alarm system in the town below the dam would start going off. like, you better evacuate because this is not gonna hold anymore.
0: I feel like the first actual crack might have been all the way back, honestly, with that really awkward line in episode four when he said, "I haven't
1: felt this since.
0: And like when he realized what if realized, the first
1: crack was when he was slaughtering those people in Rogue One?
0: No, uh, okay, no. He, well, he didn't know about Luke back then. That's why I would say no. But like once Obi Wan and Luke were going for him in four, like I feel like that might have been the very first. Like, and I mean, sure that may be speculative kind of on my end, but I think. I think I agree with you in maybe not. It's just the alarms. Like maybe like somebody was just inspecting the dam and saw like a crack that was spurting water and then he like poked it with his pen and then the crack just magically got worse. And then that's what ultimately is what um, I mean. Luke was kind of already down before Palpatine was trying to take him out for the count. And then that's when he I mean, obviously, then that's when
1: when I was little, I actually, uh, before the prequel trilogy came out, when I watched this movie, I thought, uh, the emperor convinced Anakin to become Darth Vader by like pinning him to the ground and just electrocuting him until he agreed to be his apprentice.
0: <laughs> and then actually the opposite happened. <laughs>
1: yeah. That, but that that's what I thought happened is I thought like, that's why, uh, uh, Vader threw him over. He was like, I'm not letting this happen a second time and then he's like this emperor is empty yeet i think dick
0: Cheney used the same logic when he was pitching uh waterboarding like this is what's going to convince the taliban to tell us where they're hiding like
1: that got insanely political.
0: Sorry. That got
1: more. That got more political <laughs> than our discussion of the time machine. That was a movie about a presidential race. <laughs>
0: oh, okay. Oh, come on. That was. You have to admit that was a little apt. I'm. I'm not gonna go any further than that. But.
1: <laughs> Jesus. Anyway. Um, but yeah. It's. But that's what I thought. Is I. I thought the emperor pinned Anakin to the ground. I was just like, Are you gonna be my. Uh, are you gonna be my apprentice? No. And then he like zapped him, and he's like, <laughs> No. And then he zapped him, and he's like, All right, fine.
0: <laughs> I thought you were gonna say, Are you my mommy bear?
1: <laughs> <laughs> then he's like, Because if you are, I'll slaughter them like animals. Um. <laughs> I, I one thing that I've always found really funny, uh, even since I was a little kid, is how in this movie compared <laughs> compared to A New Hope. The Empire's like, look, we got this start. We got this battle station. It's not fully taken care of yet. And right now it's got a glaring weakness. Let's put a shield generator on a planet and then just force this force this Death Star to stay around that planet. I, I love that in this one. They're like, we're not making the same mistake again. And then the Emperor really just, you know, over his hand while playing poker and uh he gets screwed
0: yeah i i kind of like that they were able to somehow overpower all these little ewoks at first to like get the base built there to begin with but then
1: just i don't from, think the ewoks were really fighting back though
0: well but, but then just by by the sheer fact of like the rebellion reinforcements i mean well i mean and rocks yeah, like the Rebellion reinforcement, just their their presence being there, just like, you can do this, Ewoks, what was, and then what was, they were what able was your to take favorite, back
1: planet. What was your favorite Empire, like, Like Ewoks fighting back against the Empire kill?
0: Oh, I thought you were going to say moment. I was going to say my favorite moment was the Ewok uh, hitting himself in the face with the, <laughs> when he's spinning that rock, and then he just hits himself in the face. I thought that was really funny. No,
1: no, no, like, like the Ewoks, like, their booby traps, what was your favorite thing? Oh,
0: um <sighs> Honestly, it... <laughs> cuz I mine's a it was, tie. I kind of it wasn't an actual like kill kill, but I like when they tried to trip uh the two-legged walker and it ends <laughs> up just dragging them. I thought that was really funny too.
1: Mine's a tie between the uh two-legged walker getting its head smashed in between logs. Oh, that's or... a, that's a classic. That's a classic moment. Or when it slips on the logs and falls down.
0: Oh, that was a really good one. Um. Oh, uh, just thinking of like uh, the Ewoks in battle, was it kind of totally jarring to you to see the Ewoks? When the
1: brother died? Yeah, when the Ewoks just get yeah. blasted. <laughs> Dude, and then one... ever since I was a little kid, I've always been like, wow, way to bum me out, George. Dude, this movie had two heavy moments
0: like that. Like, when the one Ewok finds out his was it his brother or was it just a comrade I'm gonna
1: assume it's his brother uh just based on his reaction
0: well it could have been a comrade i mean i wasn't sure I, but like yeah but i don't know i just
1: i'm gonna go with brother
0: sure i mean well the fact that like we had a moment of him just going like <laughs> him going like uh dad wake up mufasa wake
1: up like <laughs> <laughs> wake up there's me- there's mechanical chickens with lasers walking around we gotta kill them
0: but then we also had the guy crying when um Java's uh monster got stabbed in the back too. Like,
1: yeah, but in his defense, maybe his life just sucked.
0: His Okay, I okay, I used to work in uh in one of the theme parks in Orlando that dealt with animals. Uh you can narrow your conclusions as to which park from there. And I know people that would react like that when an animal would die so meanwhile
1: Dan would stand there and applaud
0: no oh good Lord no um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not affiliated with this company anymore but no I would not um, <laughs> so I like I empathize with that moment but also at the same time it's just like Jesus Christ this is like a sci-fi adventure film like that's kind of heavy like
1: <laughs> Dude, speak- Speaking speaking of uh, speaking of giant mechanical chickens, I texted you this, but I do want to say it. When I was a kid, my family used to refer to the two-legged walkers in this movie as chicken walkers, and I, I, it still to me is one of the funniest things to think about when I watch the movie now. Is just like, yeah, but it's a chicken, and it's got lasers.
0: <laughs> it's chicken, and it's got lasers. Pew
1: pew pew. Which came first, the chicken or the egg? Neither. It was this proton torpedo. <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I was going to say, what came first, the chicken or the laser? <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, but <laughs> but it's, um, it's something interesting in this movie, though, is like all the Empire techni- – like in Empire Strikes Back, I remember seeing the two-legged walkers. Uh like in the in the snow scene but you never really see him do anything but like in this movie is the first time you see like two-legged walkers really do anything you see speeder bikes for the first time like, oh my uh, god the
0: speeder bike sequences we see, we hold see up so, so well. many cool
1: like i actually i remember one time when me and kelsey first started dating we were wanting to get like a, a lego set to put together and pff, dude i stupidly like she's like well we could do like a we could do like a motorhome or we could, like, do this one house that, like, changes throughout the months so we could, like, rebuild it each time, like, it's winter or fall or whatever. And I was like arguing. I was like, no, we got to do the Imperial Landing Shuttle. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, Nick, that's that doesn't really do anything. I was like, yeah, but it's a cool ship. And <laughs> <laughs> I could tell this is very say, early in the relationship. <laughs> n- needless to say, someone lost that argument, and it wasn't Kelsey.
0: Um <laughs> jeez.
1: <laughs> just the way yeah, you phrase it. So we that. didn't get the Imperial landing shuttle. Uh
0: uh for some reason another part of me is just like, Oh Nick, we can build this, and we can build this, or uh we can build uh St. Louis ballpark. Um
1: uh, <laughs> Oh my god. I need that. Um Honestly I'm but, surprised it, you don't already own that. If there is one. <laughs> There is, there is one, but it's like a, it's like a knockoff Lego thing. I had a Packers helmet of it, dude. Those, those sets are like impossible to put together.
0: Where they made like, like, are they made out of like Duplo blocks? They just crumble in your hand. Are they made out of like Duplo blocks?
1: (laughs) No, they're smaller. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, But yeah, anyway, what were you saying? (laughs) Anyway, back to Chicken Walkers. Um. but just the the empire tech that's kind of unveiled and featured in this movie is is really kind of interesting because you know we we oh we also we get new tie fighters in this movie um, Was the imperial landing shuttle was that in empire honestly you I know were, it wasn't i was i know it was not in new hope you
0: remember the technical like that kind of technical stuff way better than i do
1: i played a lot of star wars video games by the way uh, in like 6th, 7th and 8th grade I got uh, the greatest games to ever come to the GameCube Rogue One and uh, Rogue, Rogue Squadron fantastic Star Wars video games um, are they better are they better than Battlefront I think so but I also never really got into the multiplayer part of like online multiplayer part of video games so take that with a grain of salt like I, I really like the single player modes but uh yeah, I uh I, I I know the ships fairly well.
0: Yeah, and you had those awesome but what, ECDC whatever encyclopedias.
1: Yeah, those were cool.
0: Yeah, we already talked about those and yes, those are dope. Yeah. Uh anyway, the um uh one thing I wanted to um kind of talk more about since you kind of br- mentioned it in the beginning um the whole sequence with uh, the the Jabba Jabba's uh, well put, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> um, let's break that down a little bit, and then um, also I want to also or I guess I'll just start it off with um, I don't get why Boba's so popular. Can, can we start with that? I don't get why Boba's so popular. You love Bob Boba so much. I don't get why Boba's so popular. He kind of just, he kind of just goes out with nothing in this. Like, I didn't find that clever. I just found. Well, I'll start off with
1: two things. I'll start off with two things. One, it's because he's badass, and two, we have the Mandalorian, Mandalorian because of him. So you're welcome. Okay. Um,
0: Sure, we got the Mandalorian, and
1: having watched only two episodes so far. And like the only good part of of uh, Attack of the Clones.
0: Uh, it, uh yeah, 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 that's not saying that much.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, I know, but the Django fight's the best part.
0: Well, The Mandalorian is very good. Two episodes in, as of this taping, it is very good. So, baby
1: Yoda is the most adorable thing I've ever seen. Jesus and Christ, I've looked spoiler, at myself in the mirror. spoiler alert! Spoiler <laughs> alert, dude. If you've been on the internet, you've seen the memes. <laughs> Fine, okay. But I'm just saying he's the most adorable thing I've ever seen, and I have looked in the mirror recently.
0: Well. Wait, say that again? It'd
1: be like the third time I've said it. I don't. I don't really want to say it because now it's just beating a dead horse.
0: Sorry, our we shocker. We or don't. Or
1: since we're talking Star Wars, it's beating a dead bantha.
0: Yeah. Sorry, guys. We don't tape these in the same room, so I missed that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to laugh at this in post production. Um, <laughs> but no. Anyway, I, I am dead. I am dead serious. Like watching this, like. How little his, screen time he here's has. Here's
1: the thing. He's he's very mysterious in the movies. He's got like the coolest blaster. He's the only guy with a jetpack. Like Have, his costume and suit's really cool. Having, the problem is, the problem is, uh, he's introduced an empire, and then George didn't understand how much people liked him, so he just like kills him off really easily in this movie.
0: That's why I'm saying having little screen time doesn't automatically make you
1: mysterious. It's, It's because George sucks. That's why you don't like this character.
0: Well, he didn't have him do anything. Like, he just kind of sulks in a corner here and there. Dan,
1: Dan, Dan, he flirted with the alien women. He nodded at Leia's bounty hunter costume. And then he got killed by a giant sand vagina.
0: He got thrown into a sarlacc pit because... Han Solo blindly, by the way, didn't even realize he was near. Uh, by Boba, way, hit him in the so- back. Han Solo
1: has the best lines in this movie in the first like half hour when Luke's like, you know, I used to live, uh, I used to live here, you know, and he goes, you're gonna die here, you know, and then uh when Lando's hanging off the side of the uh s- uh sand barge and. <laughs> He's, and Han holds out the gun, and he, uh, the blaster, and he's like, wait a minute, I thought you were blind. He's like, it's all right, I can see a lot better now.
0: Oh, I love that when uh, when Lando's like, you want to aim up a little? Aim up a little bit! Like, <laughs> I was, I thought that would have been funny if, like, they added, like, him doing one, like, shot, and it just kind of poofs some sand by his head, and he's just like, up a little bit! Like, it's just some extra little bit of screaming at
1: him. I... I do want to know, also, where did they park the Millennium Falcon? Oh, that's actually a good question. I don't I mean, know. Obviously, Lando and Chewie had it, but where did they, where did they park that Like to be super far away yet close enough to get it? Yeah, without getting detected did they, did by... They, did they park it at Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru's house? They're like, it looks like, I know where we could park it. And he like just pulls up to this place and their bodies are still laid out, charred and smoking they left it's it only no been a week no
0: they left it with uncle rico at his place because uncle rico lives pretty close to the sand dunes where he got in that accident oh
1: jesus christ
0: <laughs> and check mark deep cut napoleon dynamite reference
1: uh <laughs> <laughs> who would uh who would you have nicholas cage play in this movie
0: uh, oh, oh my God. If you have an idea, let me think of mine because I – this happens every single week, and I always think about it on the spot when we're taping. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you remember when the questions actually used to be like good and meaningful and like not predictable, and now every week it's just Nicolas Cage, who?
0: This running this running joke is worth it. Um, God, yeah. dude, seriously, if you have an answer, give me give me like a minute, and I'll have somebody – Oh, okay. I got one, actually. I – Who? I – like, you know how some celebrities have, like, credits as, like, playing, like, an animal or something? I yeah. would I would love Nicolas Cage to have been credited as playing um, the one pig guard that gets eaten by <laughs> the alien. And
1: right, <laughs> befo-
0: no. right, right before he's horn, just squealing – <laughs> Like, right before he gets picked up, he's, like, squealing and just yelling. Like, I would have loved to have had Nick Cage been that.
1: Because my pick would actually would have been the green dancing alien that gets thrown in the (laughs) Sarlacc pit.
0: Nick Cage is basically a stripper.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of strippers, Leia's uh, outfit, slave Leia outfit, my God. Can you imagine, like, the costume unveiling where George is, like... Uh, all right, Carrie. Here's your outfit for this, and he unveils it, and she's like, "You gotta be kidding me." He goes, "It's very crucial to the story,
0: dude." That's one of the best things in the trivia is the fact that like she apparently had complained about like um how she didn't appear as a woman. Um, I mean, I may be misquoting her right there, but she was complaining about her costume. I don't appear as a
1: woman in these movies, and George Lucas is like, "We're gonna see your boobs." Well,
0: it's funny because she was complaining about like not having. form-fitting costumes or really feminine costumes before <laughs> while also at the same time i remember she was complaining about how she wasn't allowed to wear a bra on set because uh george apparently told her that bras didn't exist in this universe for god
1: knows why there he's his li- his words were there's no underwear in space right oh that's right <laughs> so now we get a complete
0: real smooth th- george was what sorry I said real smooth George oh. <laughs> smooth operator um, so now we get the complete 180 and now we get one of the most uh, let's say it purchased Halloween costumes of all time <laughs> um, <laughs> if that's the more tame way to yeah. put it
1: <laughs> yeah. it's one of those things where it's like you go to a, a uh, Comic Con or whatever, and it's like, oh look, there's Slave Leia, 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 this and co- that's just dudes.
0: This costume is one of the reasons where there are now signs that say cosplay is not consent. <laughs>
1: that's really weird. Um, it's it's real. <laughs> it's real. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. I I really can see like George unveiling it to me like. No, seriously, it's crucial to the story. How is it crucial to the story? <laughs>
0: Look, it's like those actresses just like I only get naked when it involves the story, and then yeah, t- I'm just in her defense. It's George just like George just
1: goes, it involves the story.
0: Okay, well, well, okay. D- let me put on the devil's advocate hat again. We saw him.
1: Oh God. No,
0: seriously, we saw him enslaving these women for his own entertainment before having them murdered and she i mean
1: by the way by the way when you started saying that i didn't know you were talking about job of the hut i thought you were talking about george i was like when did we ever see george enslaving women <laughs> well we saw what please, he please i'm asking pinpoint when we saw that when he was enslaving women
0: you didn't see that documentary about what he did to harrison ford when they were filming kingdom of the crystal skull
1: <laughs> oh jesus squeal
0: south park (laughs) oh my god are we gonna watch deliverance for the time machine by the way
1: (laughs) eventually um but but yeah I, i always i've always found it funny that like like they're like oh well she's in a she's in a metal bikini and it's 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 uh Desert. It's really hot. And it's like every other man is wearing a bunch of robes and Luke is now in a black costume.
0: I thought that was weird too that like Luke's wardrobe is now just jet black.
1: So I don't really know if it was for this movie, but it was something that was mentioned a lot uh, with uh, the Revenge of the Sith was that the Jedi Council was supposedly like – By the way, this was in one of those encyclopedia books you were talking about that the Jedi Council was like growing increasingly worried about how his uh, his wardrobe was getting increasingly darker and darker, and I think I think it was supposed to symbolize like Luke's like put a parallel between Luke and Anakin.
0: Oh, that's actually kind of interesting. Never thought about I never thought about it like that. Like, huh? I'm glad I'm glad you're more or less like the star wars encyclopedia for little insights like that that's kind of cool yeah i'm a
1: loser um
0: <laughs> oh, no, jesus don't be yourself up that hard <laughs> dang
1: by uh by the way i like um something i've always found funny in in this movie is like right after that when luke goes to dagobah like at, right after they get off tattoo or right after they get off Tatooine. i always wonder i'm like so did he know yoda was gonna die Oh right, we haven't
0: even touched ba- we haven't even touched that yet. I got I got one comment I want to say about that. Um, I texted you while I was watching the scene that um that that's exactly the way I want to go. Uh, just kind of barely <laughs> able to speak, sleeping in my own bed, cross-eyed. <laughs> did
1: you did you like did you like my response of I want to go like the pilot of the a-wing that crashes into the bridge of the star destroyer and takes and takes out a bunch and the star superstar destroyer then crashes into the death star oh my god screaming and on fire with a high body count oh
0: you didn't (laughs) hold on you didn't say it that explicitly like you said it like i'm gonna go out screaming and on fire with a high body count and crashing and i'm like okay that's weird but then when that you're like but no when i got to that scene i knew exactly that was the scene that you were referring to because he's just like, whee! And then he like, crash
1: and I, boom! I, like. love, I love the De- deflect all power to the front, front shield generators. Or he's or like, more firepower! And I love the one guy's like, too late! And they jump. <laughs> Dude, it's a, it's a spaceship <laughs> crashing into a spaceship. And you're just like, we're going to dive to the left and the right. I'm sorry. That's not going to do anything. That's like seeing your house on fire, grabbing a bottle of nasal spray, walking up to it and squeezing it and going, there, problem solved. No, it's not. That's not at all. You didn't help anything.
0: You just now saying too late makes me wish that somebody right after the guy actually said, oh, power to the main shields. I wish one guy was just like too late.
1: (laughs) No, he does. Oh, he in that scene, he shouts too late. And then they dive.
0: Oh, I must have missed that then. That's oh my god, that's hilarious. Uh, yeah. I must have, I must have been laughing too hard at the Wilhelm screams that were in this. I'm just, I'm just saying, I don't remember Wilhelm screams in any of the other prequel films, but I I counted two of them. These aren't
1: prequels. These are these are original trilogy.
0: Right, 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 right. The original trilogy. I don't remember Wilhelm screams in episode four or five, but I counted at least two in this that were super duper obvious. Uh, the first one was. Dude, in... I
1: think the most super duper. I think the most super duper obvious thing in this movie is that the stormtrooper uh, armor is the most useless thing ever. Dude, stormtroopers are it just can't worthless. Stop a... Dude, it can't stop a blaster, and you're telling me that it can't stop a blaster, but also it doesn't prevent them from being beaten to death with rocks and sticks.
0: That's what I'm saying. Stormtroopers are just worthless. Like the fact that they can. Take out Jedi's like in episode three. But then once they get to um, whatever the planet is, the Ewoks can just throw a bunch of rocks at them and then that's it. Like (laughs) maybe it's maybe it's that. I mean, maybe it's just that version of the armor. Like maybe they just scaled back on uh, materials because they thought they already
1: took over. Or Maybe they just like all took a nap. What do you mean? Like Like they they start getting hit and they're like, it's time to go to sleep. (laughs)
0: <laughs> what they're all just walking around on a uh, on Ambien?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the I, other thing too, and uh, I I will say I've always found it kind of strange, like the speeder bikes, dude. If if you hit anything with a speeder bike, it blows up and kills someone, right? So right. let's drive them around at very high rates of speed in a forest.
0: Dude, I. I I hear what you're saying, and I did say it a little earlier. But but, but the th- the, other th-
1: the other thing the other thing too is I, what I want to say is I I honestly think they were just like riding around on them, not super fast. But then they're like, okay, we got to go really fast because we got the rebels and we have to report on this. And we have to get away, and so they're going super fast. But yeah, it was kind of weird.
0: Well, it was just it's kind of like an on Earth version of like trying to uh, trying to escape somebody in an asteroid field, like. I kinda get it. Yeah, but
1: you never tell me the odds.
0: (laughs) But I what I was saying earlier was that I think that sequence holds up so well. Like, even with it clearly being like um like the matted background or not matted backgrounds, but um the the rear projection uh of the forest, like while they're clearly just sitting at a sound stage. I still think that sequence is pretty thrilling. I that's probably my favorite well. Like, in terms of, like, warfare sequence, that's probably my favorite sequence, like, that in terms of that. I The, the best scenes in the, the film, though, are obviously the – Palpatine. Palpatine is in this movie. Like, everything about Palpatine and Vader and Luke in that specific – or those specific scenes it, are my favorite scenes in the movie.
1: But – uh, Going back to what you were talking about, though, like, for visually, I think the best visual scene in the movie – is the shot where it, we're on Endor, and it starts with the Death Star like in in outer space, and then the camera like pans down, and it shows you the landing platform, and it shows a four-legged walker walking up to it, and then it's got the Imperial landing shuttle landing on it. I think that shot is the best shot in the movie, especially with you know the fact that it's a matte painting. It's a really good painting. Ooh. And, uh, okay. The stop motion animation for the ship and for the four-legged walker is really great.
0: I I don't know something about the shot of Vader's ship landing. Um, I don't remember if, if it was the Death Star or um or a uh, Palpatine ship. I'm sorry, Palpatine ship's landing in the Death Star. Just the way that was framed and all the troops lined up the way that they are, like right before the door comes down. For some reason, like I don't know, I feel like that shot also deserves to be up there as like just one of the most I, iconic, like quote unquote, Star Wars shots of the entire I just love, existence I love of the-
1: Vader's line. Vader's line right after he lands and he's talking, he's talking to uh, uh the captain, and he's he's like just talking to him and he goes, and the uh the Emperor is coming. You can tell him personally, and he he is uh, quite unhappy with your lack of progress. And uh, that he's like, well, we shall double our efforts. And he goes, good. I hope so for your good commander, because the emperor is not as forgiving as I am. And I just like mentally have a cut back to like all the people that slightly failed him in Empire that he choked out and murdered just because like they brought him a cup of water and he asked for like a cup of tea or something like that. It's like, yeah, he's murdering people at like the slightest inconvenience. He didn't really murder anybody in this film, though when you think about it no because he was too busy questioning his his allegiance
0: yeah i that was one thing (laughs) i that we talked about before in the other episodes is that like he didn't choke out like five people in this film versus all the other ones (laughs) yeah um man i um i'm trying to think of any other kind of like notes or hot takes like uh i mean i'm kind of drawing a blank
1: um there's not really much else. The Emperor, I will say the Emperor is actually really funny in this movie. Um, and that's part of the like that's part of where I think George kind of started like pushing things that happen in the prequel trilogy like early, but he didn't let him get out of control like dude, the Emperor is really freaking goofy in this movie.
0: Oh, I don't like, I don't think he's goofy. Oh, yeah.
1: I I'm afraid of this battle like he acts like a poor decrepit old man when he's clearly completely lucid and not crippled.
0: Oh, um, I I love the I love just I love the performance in this film in episode 3 like Yeah, by the as way, much. I don't know if you knew like,
1: this, it's the same actor. Yeah, as like episodes 1, 2 and 3.
0: Yeah, I love um I oh, I'm spacing his name, but um uh,
1: Ian McDermott.
0: Yes, oh, thank you. I love Ian McDermott in this role in all 3 of these films that he actually is appeared in and originally supposed to be appeared in if you don't count that cameo. I think Ian McDermott is so perfect as the emperor. And actually I'm glad you brought that up because I texted you while I was watching this and I said, uh, good Lord. Yeah, He
1: looks way better in the eighties than he did in the prequels.
0: Yeah. Good Lord. How did the makeup look so much better in this film than it did in episode three? Like he just looked like a big ball bag in episode three, but like he actually looked like someone like decrepit and like
1: his, instead of counts or Darth Sidious, he's, darth syphilis because it's a genitalia reference oh oh, God. Uh,
0: oh sweetie you have herpes
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but by the way just so just so we can get it in hayden christensen appears in the in the cut of the movie we saw because he gets he got superimposed in dan go ahead and talk about how he ruins the scene he's in
0: I don't remember who the actor was, and I don't care what his name is because he should have been kept in this because I don't ever need to see Hayden Christensen in Star Wars ever again. And I knew it was right, coming. there's your
1: weekly quota.
0: I knew it was coming. It honestly didn't bother me as much as yeah. the band. Seriously, I, I – I, again, I texted you and said, good lord. I don't know why it's bothering me so much, but I absolutely hate That this band is digitally like added into this movie because they are so obnoxious and for some reason it looks even more dated than literally any of the other visual effects we've seen in any of these three films. Like it actually bothered me more than Hayden Christensen, which is kind of astounding if you have listened to the other episodes to put that in
1: perspective yeah he, maybe it's because Dan he never shuts up about it
0: well well he didn't it helped that he didn't say anything like it's just him smirking and just like good job son can you
1: imagine like him showing up on set he's like do you need me to say anything and everyone's just no <laughs> <laughs> like
0: no he walks up to the audio guy and it, like the the boom operator is just like hey do i need a mic for this and he just kind of shrugs it's just like
1: "Oh no." I don't know. The only direction George gave us was faster and more intense.
0: (laughs) He's just – okay, look over here. Here's the camera. Now, more intense. More intense of a smile. Hayden, you're happy that your son converted you back to the light side. More intense.
1: Hayden, you're not even
0: facing the camera. (laughs) Get that cookie out of your hand. That's for after you do this shot, if you do a good job.
1: No, no, no. Dude, you're confusing uh, Hayden Christensen with uh, Steven Seagal. <laughs> oh, take that. <laughs> take that, Steven Seagal. What are you going to do, kick me in the shin? How
0: uh, how much longer are we going to delay Steven being in the time machine? Because we've already gone almost 40 episodes without him.
1: Dude, here's the thing. I don't remember a Steven single Steven Seagal movie. I've only the seen... only one I ever, the only one I think I ever saw was on like TNT one time because I didn't know drama at that point in my life. Ooh, can I but guess what the title was? Like, I don't know what the title was. I only watched like two minutes of it, but like Gary Busey, like it's some ship. Oh, like, it's the warship, movie. Warship, and then Gary Busey, like. It comes on as like some entertainment dresses a woman and then they hijack the warship or something.
0: Oh, it's the movie I was gonna guess. And
1: Steven Seagal's Steven Seagal's like the, he's like, I'm the janitor, and and I'm gonna kick you in the throat.
0: Oh, it's the movie I was gonna guess, and it's the only Steven Seagal film I've ever seen. What is it? Under Siege.
1: That's a stupid title.
0: And it's a equally stupid movie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, god yeah uh, man Oh no, that's kind as of as much
1: as I as much as I like love ridiculously love Nicolas Cage is how much I ridiculously don't care about Steven Seagal ever existing well
0: here's the thing Nicolas Cage actually has some good movies like Raising Arizona and Moonstruck and Mandy and Adaptation and Leaving Las Vegas and,
1: and Steven Seagal has a bank account that checks from movies go into
0: and he's got a boner for Putin
1: <laughs> Okay.
0: Yeah, Dan getting
1: political uh, in this episode. Um. <laughs> yeah, man, knock it off. <laughs> sorry, thought... you're gonna alienate our three fans that listen weekly.
0: <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> sorry, I, I, that's the last one I have. I mean, plus we're running a little long for this. So, um, <laughs> do you have anything else you want to say about the prequel trilogy before
1: we move on? I will say it's not the prequel trilogy, Jesus.
0: Our, sorry, the original trilogy the original trilogy
1: i i I will say this something i've i've never understood from like the first time i've seen this movie when i was like four or five till now is why when the emperor's like strike down your father and take your place at my side i love that luke is just like no and he throws his lightsaber away i'm like (laughs) you do realize like you may not want to kill your father you may still have to kill the emperor right well you're probably gonna need that
0: well, and I, then
1: he's and then the emperor's like, like, you know, I can uh, I uh, rub my uh, socks on the floor really aggressively. And then he starts static electrocuting him.
0: It's I get the nobility in the action. I get what he's trying to do. I do hear what you're saying. Logically, <laughs> I
1: like how you're like, I get what he's trying to do. But yeah, that was a pretty dumb move. And he's probably going to die.
0: <laughs> it's a, it's emotion over logic. And sometimes emotion is not as good as logic. Same with vice versa. But obviously in that case, getting electrocuted means you should have logically kept your lightsaber. Yeah. Uh <laughs> I mean with that, I mean I I again, like I said at the top, I still think this is a really, really good movie. I think it's it's about as as good as you could expect from a conclusion. Again, my personal gripes aside about this not really having that much of a narrative arc other than like it kind of feeling like a part 2 before part 2s became a real big thing um thank you harry potter for that um but even still i still solid Panda and uh with sprinkles on top for me
1: yeah uh i give it sprinkles uh, like I said, it's very similar to A New Hope, except for I enjoy this one better because there is not an hour where I feel like nothing's happening. Um, so yeah, sprinkles. It's pretty good.
0: And with that, we are going to take a very brief break and let you know what we got coming up in the home stretch of these Star Wars bonus episodes. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us on another Star Wars bonus episode. Thank you, as always, also to Isla Marvin of Fugue for the bumper music next week. If it's not obvious, because <laughs> <laughs> if it's not obvious where we're going, having done all these episodes in film narrative order, we have gone going to
1: watch Cars 3.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're jumping to the worst of the car films. Um, <laughs> uh, no, we are going to uh, the first, the very, or yeah, the very first, right? It wasn't Rogue One that was first, right?
1: First Disney one? Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was uh, Force Awakens. Yes, and
0: that is what we are going to be watching next week, the very first Disney-Star Wars collaboration after the purchase of Lucasfilms' Star Wars Episode 7, The Force Awakens. We get a whole new cast, a whole new story, the first step in this new direction from (laughs) director J.J. Abrams. We
1: don't get a whole new cast. We don't get a whole new story. Uh,
0: We can dive into that once we actually... Guess what?
1: (laughs) Guess what? We're going to watch A New Hope again.
0: Well let's well that's obviously gonna be a topic of discussion once we give the film another rewatch. Um, <laughs> but yes, initial yes, initial criticisms aside. that's why I'm re- uh, that's why I'm excited to watch it again. like because uh, that's the whole point of this recap bonus episode series. So <laughs> Nick, let everybody know where they can reach out to us on social media.
1: Facebook, brownie points, guide to cinema, Instagram, brownie underscore points, underscore guide and Twitter at brownie underscore, uh, point or cinema, uh, bowl of popcorn with a brownie in it. The show logo is the profile picture for all of those. We also have a Gmail account, brownie points, guide to cinema, gmail.com as always send us list ideas. Uh, we have a list coming up that actually was an email submission. Uh, so, you know, actually send those in because we will do them um uh brownie bites topics other than lists like talking points movie trailers you want us to discuss movies you want to make sure that we go out of our way to see or even uh time machine recommendations yes
0: and we actually have a time machine recommendation uh that we probably will get to hopefully we'll call you out who recommended it uh should we get to it uh obviously we have Our Thanksgiving film set but should we pick it for the very next episode we will give you a shout out just like anyone else if we decide to pick out your title um so anyway if you are listening to us and have not hit that subscribe button go ahead and do that mash that subscribe button leave us a star review and leave us a written review as well to help get us exposure through iTunes or I should say Apple Podcasts uh Spotify Google Play and Anchor.com Uh, the reason that our show is getting distributed through everybody thank you very much anchor and keep an eye out because we are always doing our weekly regular episodes uh, of brownie points Uh, we have not stopped those in lieu of doing these episodes so whether you have listened to us since the very first one of those or if you have joined us strictly because of these star wars episodes go ahead and check out those we do weekly recaps of all the new movies Coming out, along with reappraisals of old movies in the time machine, whether you've been with us from the very beginning or just now joining us. We appreciate any and all love, listens, feedback, all that jazz. Thank you so much. So. With that, we will catch you next week for Episode 7, The Force
1: Awakens. We will see you then. Faster and more intense.
0: I can understand some kind of no, anger from how
1: because he he quietly says no the first time. He's like no, no.
0: I get where he's coming from though.